Museum of the Moving Image welcomes you to the Pinewood Dialogues Online, an archive of conversations with innovative creative figures in film, television, and digital media. Visit Museum of the Moving Image in New York City or online at www.movingimage.us. Good evening and welcome. Um, New York's film culture um, is influential and vibrant. It is also a small, tight-knit world. Tonight's, you, tonight's audience, are a prime example, a cross-section of the city's best filmmakers, critics, editors, distributors, publicists, film programmers, and, of course, the hippest and most sophisticated people, the Museum of the Moving Image members. That, okay, I knew that. <laughs> the biggest applause so far. Um, we're, here, we're here tonight to honor somebody who has played a vital role in film culture for the past 30 years. His tenure at the Village Voice is longer than any other critic in the paper's history, including another kid who grew up in Queens, Andrew Saris. And he is the most perceptive, informed, insightful film critic around, an articulate champion of neglected and overlooked films, as well as an incisive analyst who can dig deep beneath the surface of Hollywood glitz and view a blockbuster movie as a cultural artifact. He understands the link between politics and entertainment better than anyone since Ronald Reagan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and he is, of course, the Village Voice senior film critic, Jim Hoberman. So to, um, to, to celebrate Jim, um, I wrote a top 10 list for the year, the top 10 things about Jim Hoberman that we like as a film critic. Um, one, he, he, does, he does great top 10 lists. His list has always been an interesting mix. They've included a Madonna music video, a Carl Stalling CD with music from Looney Tunes cartoons, and my favorite, Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. <laughs> uh, and famously, his lists have always been eclectic. In 1979, Vivian Dick's Super 8 punk movie, She Had Her Gun Already, was ranked just below... <laughs> just below... Always a cheap applause line. Um, the Vivian Dick reference. Was ranked just below Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. A favorite Village Voice tradition was the annual letter of complaint to the um, Village Voice editor about how elitist and egg-headed Hoberman's top ten list was. And, of course, this letter always came from a Village Voice staff member. Um, <laughs> Jim is always number two. Jim has been the most important critical champion of avant-garde cinema. He's a longtime champion of filmmakers like Ernie Gare and Ken Jacobs, um, who both been on the top ten list a number of times, and both are here tonight. Uh, Jim, three, Jim is a great film programmer. He has organized a number of retrospectives here at the museum, including one on Vietnam-era westerns, a great series on the underground legend Jack Smith, and a series based on his book, The Dream Life. Um, in fact, he often uses his space in the Village Voice as a form of programming, picking two or three films to analyze in a week that have interesting, sometimes unexpected connections. Uh, number four, Jim has great taste. Two words, David Cronenberg. Um, who is one of the very few mainstream filmmakers as intelligent as Jim Hoberman. Um, number five, Jim is the rare film critic whose references are not primarily to other movies, but to a remarkable range of cultural sources. Um, his recent review of Todd Haynes' I'm Not There is a worthy companion to the film, an encyclopedic survey of the 1960s with references to literature, photography, art, music, and much more. Uh, number six, Jim writes great books. Look at his, look at, looking at his bibliography, Bridge of Light, Yiddish Film Between Two Worlds, The Red Atlantis, Communist Culture in the Absence of Communism, The Dream Life, Movies, Media, and the Mythology of the 60s, it becomes clear that Jim's subject is not just film, but like the museum, I think he treats the moving images as an artifact, 
with which to explore the history of the 20th century and the present. Uh, number seven, Jim doesn't mind being an intellectual. Um, there has been a long anti-intellectual streak in American culture. Critics, including film critics, who were dismissive of movies that asked the audience to think as though emotion and intellect couldn't coexist, either on screen or in the mind of the reader. Jim is an anti-anti-intellectual. Um, number eight, Jim has complex responses to complex films. He's able to point his thumb up and down in the same review, and sometimes that's the right response. Um, number nine, Jim is funny. His humor can be as deadpan as Jim Jarmusch's films, but he is the wittiest film writer around. Um, and finally, number 10 is the J. His name is Jim, but he's always gone by J in print. Um, I think that when he wrote a piece defending the movie Shoah from Pauline Kael's bashing in The New Yorker, an irate and probably anti-Semitic reader ominously wrote a letter to the editor stating, we know what the J stands for. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, we know what the J really stands for. It stands for genius. <laughs> so... Um, so now, I, before, I'm not going to be the one introducing Jim. I'm going to now introduce another critic who goes by his initials, um, A.O. Scott. And I just want to say that he's been um, a great critic since he joined the New York Times in 2000, just eight years ago. So he's going to have to wait 22 years for his tribute here. <laughs> in, in 22 years. <laughs> um, but I think anybody who's been reading the New York Times knows that it's a very vibrant time for that section. Um, with both with Tony and with Mandola Dargis, who was a student of, of Jim's. Um, the, the paper has um, incredibly lively writing. And um, anyhow, who would have thought that, that we'd have the day where we have the brash, young, upstart critic from the New York Times in conversation with the establishment figure at the Village Voice? Um, but um, here he is, um, A.O. Scott. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take my seat in just a minute. I'm not uh, Jim Hoberman, although once um, in the uh, press mailbox area at the Cannes Film Festival, Jim was mistaken for me, um, which I'm, I've always been very flattered by. Um, I don't know how, how Jim feels about it. <laughs> but uh, I know there are, there are a lot of our fellow critics um, in, in the audience here tonight, and uh, I, I know that, that I'm, I'm not alone, and I, I can... Um, venture to uh, to speak for most, if not all of us, um, to say that we have, there's perhaps no other active film critic who has um, taught as much um, by example and by precept about how to think seriously, clearly, coherently, um, and bravely about film and how to write about film um, week in, week out, um, and also at greater length with, with such concision and intellectual command and wit as Jim. So um, I will bring him up to the stage now and uh, we will <laughs> talk about the last 30 years. I think we'll take it year by year. So <laughs> settle in. I feel like I'm a very tough act to follow. <laughs> um, if you don't mind, I thought I would start by reading some of your own words to you. Um, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> asking you to defend them. No. no. Um, <laughs> I was struck. I, 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 uh, in preparation for this night, um, I was doing what I, what I often do anyway, which was um, reading around uh, in, in your work and the work of other critics I admire. And um, I found what might be my favorite single essay of yours, and certainly the one that I come back to again and again, um, because I think... 
there's still a lot to be learned from it. Um, an essay called The Film Critic of Tomorrow Today, uh, which is um, both looking back at uh, and, and referring to an, an essay by Rudolf Arnheim called The Film Critic of the Future that was written in, in the 1930s, um, and that is responding in, in the middle of the 1990s to all kinds of um, then kind of current ideas about the death of cinema and the death of, of cinephilia and so on. Um, but I, I just wanted to read uh, the, the very last passage from this essay because I think it's, it's something that, that um, I come back to as a, um, a challenge and a provocation and, and uh, an ideal um, again and again. Um, you begin quoting Jean-Luc Godard, the greatest history is the history of the cinema. And then you say, that history will force those critics refusing the role of underpaid cheerleaders to themselves become historians, not to mention archivists, bricolers, spoil sports, pundits, entrepreneurs, anti-conglomerate guerrilla fighters, and in general, masters of what is known in the Enchanted Palace as counter-programming. Um, so I wondered if, if we could start out just, if you could talk a little bit about that, that, the idea of the, 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 the the critical dilemma almost that you describe here of, of being either um, cheerleader or all of these other <laughs> things and, and how, um, how you see in your, you know, from day to day, from week to week, these different roles uh, pushing themselves on you. Okay. Can I take, take a look? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, I would say, first of all, that there's this thing... Um, called uh, film culture, not, not, not the magazine, but something that would be um, akin to, to literature and without, without being unduly um, weighty about it, that, that that's what I think that uh, um, that's, that's, that's the, the, the entity that, that I feel that um, uh, film critics and, and, and other interested parties serve. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's making film culture. And, and um, I think to do that, you have to be aware of what is uh, coming at you, you know, being propelled at you by the, by the studios and, and, and the marketplace, and also have a kind of context to, mm -hmm. to, to counter that with and to, and to um, make sense of it, which is, the, which is the history of film and also, to a degree, the, the, the potential, the possibilities of it. And so this is why I, I like the idea of um, uh, double bills and uh, and programming uh, films because that automatically puts something in uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in in context. I, I wonder if we could. I, I I wanted to to read that partly to 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 begin by going backwards. I mean, we're here celebrating thirty years. Um, of your of your writing for the Village Voice, and thirty years ago, the state of film culture um, was perhaps rather different from what it is today. And and is also, I think, you know, that moment that we're talking about, the late seventies, is very much mythologized time. Um, there there's the mythology of what was happening in the cinema itself, particularly the American cinema. That's the 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 moment, or perhaps the the beginning of the ebb of of the new Hollywood and, 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 you know, the American new wave or Hollywood auteurism or whatever it, you could call it. Um, also, uh, uh, when you arrived on the scene, there were some very imposing figures on the critical landscape, um, it, you know, and w which are also looked back on now with, with a lot of sort of, um, 
nostalgia and 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 fear and trembling. So I mean, what, can you describe, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, to come into and to come into the house of yeah. one of those giants? Um, yeah, to sneak in. What what uh, you know? H how you found the world then? Well, I I, I think that uh, um, <coughs> this was sort of the end. I would say the tail end, the, maybe the maybe the bitter end of this mythologized. Uh, period of the uh, that that began, I would say, you know, in the, in the late '50s, and then and then kind of, you know, let's say petered out with the bicentennial. You know, when so many things seem to go wrong. But um, <laughs> so I came after that, and um, there were some things in in the landscape that <coughs> that that definitely were better. I mean, one very simply was that there were there were there were more venues, at least print venues, for people to write film criticism. And there also were, in, in New York, um, more venues, I think, where, where movies could be shown, at least revival theaters and, 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 and so on. But uh, um, I also think at that time that there was a lot of stuff, and I think this is true today, although less so, uh, that there were, there were many things that, that were just not being uh, um, written about. So I was very fortunate when I came to the voice in that um, I could do, you know, pretty much whatever I whatever I wanted as long as the other two uh, critics um, that was uh, Andrew Saris uh, and uh, and Tom Allen, uh, who was quite an interesting critic uh, uh, in his in his own right, um, weren't weren't interested in, and that covered a lot of material. <laughs> and so, you know, I was able to I was able to put things together, you know, assemble a whole kind of beat, and and uh, and so that that was that was that was uh, that was great. That was very liberating, in a way. I mean, there were many things. You know, I got to review, when, for just one example, Celine and Julie go boating. You know, this mm -hmm. this 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 legendary movie that uh, um, drifted into New York. Didn't even run a whole week. It got pulled out of the theater. Um, I think maybe even before my review came out, <laughs> but but you know the, I I consider that an amazing an amazing opportunity yeah. to, to to be able to write about something like that. And and you also wrote quite a bit about about experimental yeah. films and and also a, about you know the the a, a phenomenon which I'm not sure exists anymore in film culture in, in quite the same way, which is the sort of the 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 cult film the um, these these sort of I don't even know how to, how to how to how to describe them quite, <laughs> um, yeah. but these sort of disreputable cinematic artifacts yeah. that would that would surface um, here and there. Yeah. Well, well, uh, uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum uh, and I um, had the uh, who Jonathan at that time was the was the was the critic for the uh, Soho Weekly News, so we had we had the we had the we had the great good fortune to be approached by a publisher, who sort of thought, oh, isn't there something in these midnight movies? You know, and uh, um, and that, and and then given it, given an opportunity to uh, to investigate mm -hmm. that, and <clears throat> what was what was apparent then was that it was just ending, which is always the you know, and from a historical point of view, the the, the best time to, uh, to 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 write about it. So that we we saw the the whole shape of how that was uh, how that was going. So there were a lot of things that changed with really with the with the development of uh, of of as 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 you know with. Uh, the, uh, the the VCR. I'm not a luddite. I mean, uh, you know, I teach, and you know, stuff is shown on, uh, we show stuff digitally and on tape all the time. So I, I don't think that's necessarily bad. But that did change film culture and, and the way that people looked at movies very dramatically in the in, in the early '80s. 
Can you talk a little bit more about that? About I mean, was was it was it just a matter of how people were um, experiencing or receiving? I mean, it was just a matter of, of of where the audience was in relation to what it was looking at, or um, do you think this also how how did this correlate to to changes in the kind of stuff that was that was that was being made? Well, I think that. Um, <clears throat> the most obvious one was that that the the end of revival houses for the most part, or the or the decline of revival houses. I mean, there are still some in New York. I mean, there's Film Forum, which you know is an incredible revival theater in, in part, and there there you know the the Museum of the Movie and Image and Museum of Modern Art and Walter. I mean, there are places that that show old movies, but there there it was a a, a more of an Ongoing commercial potential to 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 go to a movie theater and see and see a movie and and um, uh, once things became uh, uh, you know available uh, otherwise it, it it kind of my, my feeling is that these theaters were themselves not huge money makers ever mm-hmm. you know and and were sort of were sort of marginal but the, but this meant the end of their economic viability and the thing with those theaters is that they also constituted um, uh, social environments. You know, I mean, I remember there being a discussion around this time. Somebody pointed out that, uh, and, uh, you'll, you'll correct me if, 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 if I'm wrong with this, that they, they didn't uh, uh, Lenin say that, the, you know, the way to make a revolution, let's make a newspaper, right? The way to make a revolution, make a newspaper. So right. there was this, well, make a movie theater, you know, and that <laughs> way you have, you know, people coming, like-minded people coming, you know, seeing these things. And, and, and that's basically wh- how I think the cult movies Mm-hmm. were made. I mean, I think it depended on this on this shared apprehension of a movie and a shared discovery. And, uh, you know, just um, coincidentally, uh, I, but uh, it's certainly a coincidence that I, that I treasure, you know, the first movie I, I reviewed for The Voice was, was Eraserhead, which was precisely <laughs> in that situation. I mean, showing at midnight at the, at the old cinema village before it was divided into uh, a number of theaters. Cinema Village had a sort of history. That's where I think Pink Flamingos had had developed as a cult film, and, and um, Richard Goldstein, who was the uh, the arts editor at at the time, and who was the guy who hired me, um, said, "Oh yeah, there's some movie something that's opening there. You know, go go there, admit they go go write about it. You know, because of the whole purpose of a you know, movie like that, it, w- it wasn't open for review. It just showed up at midnight and and depended on on word of mouth." And um, that's something that I think has to do again with the, with the social, you know, the fact that people would come out at midnight right, for this to, experience. To, yeah. You know. Now I, I wonder how how this has changed because this is you know I, I was uh, I guess I, I'm young enough to have missed most of that and old enough to have caught you know the tail end of it, having seen uh, Eraserhead like in a midnight revival a few years later in the town that I was living in at, at sort of the the pot smokers theater with the with the couches and 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 the broken espresso machine but um which was a social situation of its of its, of its own but um I, I've been thinking about this in 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 terms of your own way of writing as a critic, which is as someone who writes with with a great consciousness of history of both of film history and and the social history say in which it's embedded um but also it's always been partly the history, I think, or the, at least the post-war history of American film criticism, involves you know discovering these things in the past that had been overlooked or or rejected, and also at the same time, the lifting up into aesthetic appreciation of things that had been 
you know, disreputable, um, or which goes all the way back to to the discovery that the classic Hollywood was actually classic, not just um, junk. And I guess my question is, what happens when these discoveries and these historical reclamation projects become something that's institutionalized? Um, you know, in in I mean, because you, you talk about Eraserhead, and and you 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 sort of look at you know, David Lynch, while he's still a very, in a way, you know, one of the last kind of cussedly independent filmmakers out there, is is a canonical figure for a lot of, of, of critics. Pink Flamingos is part of the 25th anniversary box set or the 40th anniversary box set that a lot of critics got from New Line Cinema along with Lord of the Rings and, and The Wedding Crashers. So, I mean, in a way, what you're talking about, I think when people talk about the the... the the, the decline or obsolescence of a certain kind of film culture is also its institutionalization. Yeah, I, I think that, well, I... I, I okay, there's, there's <laughs> um, um, many, many uh, paths to, to, to take from this. I mean, first of all, I think that there's, 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 there's a dynamic which existed from the very beginning in which um, passe films um, were, were rediscovered very often by uh, uh, artists or uh, artistic types, you know, esthetes, uh, and were and and were valued. And and you know the um, uh, the, the the French the, the reorganization of American cinema, or let's say the rationalization of it, you know, by that 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 the French um, engaged in in the fifties, and then which uh, Andrew Saris really brought to to America in in the sixties, uh, is 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 you know. Part of an ongoing process. I mean, you know, the the uh, um, the, the, the surrealists and, and other artists were were uh, championing Foyade in the in, in the twenties. You know, when when these movies were regarded as 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 junk and, and old fashioned and, and so on. And I just think that you know that that there's a way in which the the, the archaic can can be turned into the uh, into into the avant garde. I'm more concerned in a way about I would say academic filmmaking and. Um, I'm a sort of an academic, so I don't mean <laughs> to make that sound like a, a pejorative term. But you know, filmmaking formula, a certain kind of formulaic uh -huh. filmmaking, rather than um, people's perception becoming um, academic, because I think that that, <clears throat> as I say, a lot of stuff works in terms of of context. And um, I did, you know, I I was uh, an undergraduate at probably the, the 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 very moment when when film studies were were um, you know, getting into the university, and again, I was very, I was very fortunate, you know, to uh, to, to study film at that time at the uh, with Ken Jacobs at the State University of New York and, and others, and it was a very freewheeling um, moment when all sorts of things were were put together. But even before that, you know, when I was when I was in high school in in in, in New York, it was possible to go see you know the Birth of a Nation at the at the Museum of Modern Art, and then and then go and and, and see. The, the the new Godard film the next day or even that day, and 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 all these things were in a way contemporary. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that there's that too. And then finally, even though I'll, I'll contradict what I said before, there still can be cult films in a way because Donnie Darko yeah. is an example of that. I mean that's that's a movie that that was not particularly well received at at Sundance that got mixed and not all that enthusiastic reviews when it opened in New York and then ran for for two years or something at the Pioneer Theater 
at uh, at, right. at midnight. Right. So it was made by by the audience. You used the phrase academic filmmaking before, and I wonder yeah. if you could expand a little bit on 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 what you mean by that. Because um, when I hear you say that, I, I think about a kind of a you know, in, in the sense that you would talk about academic painting of, of, of you know, of, of, of the 19th century, that is a sort of, you know, work in a received yeah. style that, that, that is, is sort of content to, to, to stay within its own, within, within mm-hmm. its own parameters. I mean, where, where do you see that? Well, I think you see a lot of, well, uh, we, we don't even need to talk about, you know, um, stuff that's produced by, uh, uh, by, the, by the studios, because right. that's, it's, it's a given that that, you know that that uh, um, commercial films are need formulas, and sometimes that can be great, depending mm-hmm. on who's you know what people do with it. But that you know anything that 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 made money once is just assumed to be able to be recycled to make money again. That's that's sort of right. the principle right. of it. But you know a movie like uh, um, you know it's a, it's actually it's 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 one of the I would say one of the the uh, the best received movies of the year. No no country yeah. Uh, f- for for all men, to me is a, is a very academic film. I mean that 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 is you know uh, 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 constructed in in such and such a way to like to to bring the audience a- along and deliver a certain amount of uh, uh, of thrills and excitement and 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 surprises on on schedule and you know is it has a, has a as a very mechanical aspect but i'm not i'm not i couldn't deny that it's an extremely yeah, yeah. well made movie the way that the you know French academic painting is right you know, right expert well yeah i mean that's that that was sort of what what i i thought you i mean a, a lot of what goes out uh, under the label of 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 independent now when that's sort of lazily applied which which i tend to think of more as as you know the studio specialty division um, Oscar movie um, is mm-hmm. is I think um, can be called an academic style. Although uh, yeah, there are examples of very yeah, good t- good Tom work within it. Another, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, although you know you, you could uh, just to to maybe um, play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. y- there is a sense in which you could could apply that description to your your favorite movie of this year. I'm not there. Um, in that it it it's it's a movie a movie that I admire very very much too, which is which has in a very specific sense it's it a, an academic pedigree, um, you know, in the Brown semiotics department, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> um, but also comes out of um, a, a kind of a, a, a an engagement with other work and 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 other texts. I mean, it is is in a way. I mean, and I think this is what I. I like about it, um, mm-hmm. it is it is in a way a work of commentary. Um, yeah, I would say that's academic in a good way. But I okay, no, I, 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 would, <laughs> I wouldn't. Enough. I wouldn't use. I, I see what you're saying, but I, I would say that it's more. It's 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 a scholarly it's a scholarly mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. essentially. And to me, <clears throat> one of the things that's interesting about that is I don't I I'm, don't know what people make of it really. I mean, and I, I'm still puzzled. You know that 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 uh, I mean it. The first time I, I saw it, I, I was completely taken with it. But you know, the, the the material spoke to me, and I was fascinated by what the filmmaker was was doing. And and um, you know, it's it's something. It, it deals with a period which, you know, when 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 I was a kid. So it's completely internalized for me. I don't have to like stretch right, to, to right. see what's to see what's going on. And uh, it reminded me of things that I'd forgotten, and, and so on. And then I saw it again, and I was I was uh, uh, impressed. Um, by how researched, how thought out mm-hmm. it was, but I still and I, I still don't know 
who exactly this the, the, this this movie speaks to, like what you have to bring to it. I mean, there was a guy uh, writing about it in in, uh, in in Film Comet who loved it and and you know went oh, said something very hyperbolic, but you know, he compared it, he compared it to Finnegan's Wake. Okay, so that's like, <laughs> you know yes, it's a laughable <laughs> no, thing to, to to say, but I understand what you know this kind of you know we and we deal in hype. Sure. Sometimes what 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 he's saying. I mean that it was it was so so much going on. Right. In this movie, and, and but but who reads Finnegan's Wake? I mean, so you know, <laughs> I, it sounds great. <laughs> who, unless they're taking a class in it? Who outside well, the academy? Or reads, you, I think Finnegan's you could Wake. listen to it, you know, and and yeah. and, the, yeah. and the music of it would come through. And I think that's probably maybe that's what 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 works with. Uh, I'm not there. Also, I mean, it is a musical after all. It, it, it is drawing on something right. very, right. very satisfying. You know, um, I'm rich. Um, I, Sort of picking up, picking up on that. What, one of the things that that you you've always done that, that I've always um, been kind of impressed and and, and amazed by um, is is your ability to 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 write history by writing about movies. That is, I mean, I think you know the example um, of, of your book on the '60s is a great one, which is a, a, a narrative of the decade um, told. Through what what is both very straightforward but also very complex method, because you're talking about the circumstances of the movies making and distribution and reception by an audience, but you're also talking about what's what's in the movies and 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 reading them um, as uh, a kind of a you know a, as, as very complicated allegories of of their of their moment. I, it's a, in a way a very simple question of 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 how you know how you came to this way of 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 considering um movies and also how you apply it not only to the to the past which is um you know there as a as an interpretable text but also to um in a way the you know the the present which is for the audience the future that we have to be writing about you know every every week well one of one of the uh I'm glad you asked this question but one of one of the <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> well, one of the great things about about movies, and one of the things that's really um, fascinating and in, in some ways new about the the motion picture medium is that you know movies are time capsules, and uh, even the worst, sometimes the worst, best of all, and 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 this is something that that actually uh, we I say we you know. Me and fellow students, you know, used, used to used to think about it in 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 you know in, at at Binghamton. I mean, this this idea, and um, I also think that there's there's a great <coughs> precedent for this, and in, in the in the case of Siegfried Krakauer, and I mean, a lot of what his formulations in uh, from Caligari to Hitler may seem naive in in some respects, although not at, not in all, but but that that uh, for me this was like a a a, a blinding insight. When I was, you know, to come across this as as a teenager, to say that, you know, that 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 movies really did, you know, intersect in, in such a basic way with the with the with the life of their times and with the with the uh, um, you know with the, with with the the, the the whole collectivity. I mean, that it was really a collective form. And even when you had individual uh, uh, artists creating to a, to a degree, they were they they were. Uh, particularly in 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 commercial films, uh, uh, speaking for large groups of people, and and so um, I think that that's to me this is just intrinsic mm-hmm. in the meaning. It's just mm-hmm. it's just it's just a natural way to, uh, to to look at it, and I think that that again since Reagan, um, 
and David brought him up. I think that, that, that Reagan made this obvious to everybody uh-huh. in, in a way, that, 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 you know, that we live in this kind of movie-structured world, which he so effortlessly could just reference and, and, and draw on. And, you know. do, do, do you find when, when, you're, when you're reviewing, I mean, because the, the, the reviewer's task uh, in, in some ways is a, very, is a very straightforward and simple one, and maybe for exactly that reason, one that is, is, is sometimes I'm, you know, speaking for myself, uh, just almost overwhelmingly contradictory, in the way that you describe, I think, in in um, in that essay, and 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 one of the tensions it it, it seems to me, um, and one that that you know I've seen you deal with in very interesting ways is precisely between you know within the very confined space of a of a of a weekly newspaper column um, to somehow gesture toward or or or, or get at that those kinds of, of, of meanings, political, <coughs> social, whatever, um, that you're talking about, but also evaluate the thing, the, the, the object itself um, and, and, and come to some judgment on it. Well, I'm, I'm, thank you. Uh, uh, I mean, a week is a lot of time compared right, to well. what <laughs> you need to have to turn something, something around is, is, is uh, overnight or in a couple of days is, is, is very arduous. Um, I think that... Um, you know, it's it's a it's a way of uh, of 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 experiencing the uh, <coughs> the film, the, the 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 material. And for me, it's different. I don't I don't. Um, I mean, I like to review as uh, all different kinds of things. And 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 in a way, the beat that I had when I started is, you know, I I I'm, I'm nostalgic for. It. I don't see as much mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, when actually when I saw you know Ed Holter's. Ten best list in the in the voice. That, that's I, I, I. Oh, you know, I'm really, <laughs> you know, like, you know, sort of out of touch. But uh, um, different movies present themselves in different ways, and some things just, you know, they they demand a uh, um, a, a kind of historical response, and 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 other ones, um, it doesn't come as easily. I mean, a movie like uh, There Will Be Blood. I mean, I just when I saw it, I just was like lost in the in the in the filmmaking of it. It just mm-hmm. was. It was great filmmaking, in, 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 in my opinion. And so that, that was kind of enough to think about. But there are plenty of other movies that, that, that don't give you that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's easier for, for, for other considerations to present and, themselves. And, and I think there, there's also, in the case of that movie, when, when, when the initial impact of it um, yeah. wears off, there's, there's an awful lot. I mean, it, it certainly is not irrelevant to... <laughs> To a lot, not at uh, all. Um, yeah. uh, in, in that's that's happening in the moment. I, that I think is is provides us with with an interesting segue to say a little bit about um, the movie that uh, that that we're about to show, which was one of your um, top ten this year, uh, Day Night Day Night. Because mm-hmm. it seems to me that this is this is a movie where um, exactly these two things are intersecting. There is um, a, a, an, an approach to filmmaking that is that is quite um, striking and very accomplished and very just formally um, interesting as those of you who haven't seen it will yeah. will see there's also um, a a subject matter um, if, if you want to put it that way that 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 could hardly be more um, acutely relevant to the you know mm-hmm. to the lives of Americans New Yorkers um, yeah everyone else yeah um, yeah, I know. I, I I think that, that that this is a a a great example of this. I mean, first of all, day night, day night, which you may know deals with a uh, uh, suicide uh, bomber, a terrorist, um, was first shown in Cannes. I didn't see it there, and 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 I, 
you know, I would have had to go out of my way. I think it was shown in the cans and something. I, and, you know, just the thought of it, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't. But I, then, I, then I did see it, and I was, I was really knocked out by it. And, and, and one of the reasons was because this was such, well, first of all, it's a, it's a fascinating film experience, as, as, as you know. I mean, uh, it really engages you as a, as, as a viewer, and the, the subject matter is part of it, but also it's the way that the, that the movie is made, and it's the way that the movie is conceived. And, and this is, in, in this movie, really what, to me, is the, is the, is, is the most uh, remarkable aspect, is this is a movie with a, with a, with a very strong concept. I mean, you become aware of it. It's almost like a structural film. I mean, you become aware of the concept very soon into the movie, but at the same time, so it's, it's heady. It's an intellectual idea, but it's a very visceral yeah. film. The filmmaking yeah. is, is, uh, is, is very, you get, you get very, very involved in it, and, and not on a, uh, on, on a cerebral level. Like not that. at all, and, and, in, and, in, and in a very, um, you know, not to, to say too much about it, because it is an experience that you kind of, it is best to have sort of um, in a raw and immediate way. But 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 your your emotional um, connection to it is is also very complicated because you're not quite sure what it is you want to have. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, it's this incredible suspense that's created, and um, you don't know which outcome is 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 the bad one and which is yeah. the good one, and that is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Um, as as it plays out. Yeah, and you've got plenty of time to like. Become aware of this in yourself. Yeah. To, to be yeah. that, that's why it's yeah, yeah. That that's that's entirely true. I would say that that um, there's uh, um, uh, two short movies before. One of which was kind of a surprise to me. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm delighted that that uh, uh, that David showed it. It's also 30 years old, as he as he pointed out. Uh, and then there's a movie that I uh, after that that I asked to be shown with mm-hmm. a day night day night and that's uh, uh square times a movie by uh, uh rudy burkhart a uh, photographer and filmmaker in, in in new york and um it's uh, a very um straightforward and, and and almost artless um document of uh times square in of uh 40 years ago uh 1967 uh, which was a time when, that I used to go to the movies there mm-hmm. quite a lot, and I would consider that part of my education too. Uh, so fun for me to see this, but also because I think that it, it, it's exactly the same place. It's that exactly, and yes, and it night, brings something. Yeah. And I, I, I just wanted to bring something, something out about the place because, because in addition to everything else, Day Night Day Night is a great New York movie. It was my favorite New York movie. Oh, I think so, of, and of and and, and in a way, the 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 um, one of the most beautiful and most authentic and least sentimental i mean it's, yeah. it's not you know yeah it's not sex in the city um, uh, no <laughs> okay <laughs> um well thank you jim well, and we'll you. we'll i look forward to our future conversations always Thank you for listening. The Pinewood Dialogues at Museum of the Moving Image are made possible by generous support from the Pannonia Foundation. To learn more about the museum, visit www.movingimage.us.